Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. established by the Lord for our nation, by our Heavenly Father, who declared this, as Julia was saying, she didn't know it, but Isaiah 43, 19, behold, I will do a new thing. Say this, please. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Now it shall spring forth. This is the moment for the new, to bring us into the now, to reveal the forever of God's plan for you and my life. Let's declare the decree of the Lord. Prophesy to yourself with a shout. I am blessed. I am healed. My enemy is defeated. God is moving. He is about doing a new thing in my life. And the saints say, amen. Amen. You can take a seat. God bless you. Woo! All right. We need to move quickly. God is moving. (laughs) Stuff is happening. The Bible says, first the natural, then the spiritual. We can only hope that the, the, it says that in Corinthians, Uh, We can only hope that these fires that are breaking out across the nations, in particular Reading and um, California and Greece, uh, the Greek islands, a holiday resort where holidaymakers fleeing for their life with the flames licking up on their back, diving into the ocean and lives lost. Um, You know, that's pretty graphic, uh, pretty dramatic. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but the church is about understanding that we have a part to play in, in, the, in the, the calamity of life, the, the hurt, the, the, um, the tragedies. Um, that, that's what we're about as Christians. We sympathize. Jesus had compassion for Jerusalem, and he wept, and he cried, and he knew what was going to happen to it, and he prayed. And so I, I, this morning, I hope this message, and really, because of time, uh, I've got to I've got to probably cut it right down and do some show and tell, which can get a bit scary. I might bring out an orange or something, you know. I brought an orange out last time. And just to illustrate, because people can take so many words and then they, we're all like children, aren't we? We like a little bit of dramatizing of the message. So we, we might do that at the end a little bit, but it's all about doing this. It's about inspiring you into a new day to realize that you are extraordinary when you receive Christ, that you became an extraordinary person. You're not dull and boring, although you might act like that, you might be perceived like that, but you are magnificently designed by the Creator, made in His image to reveal glory. When I say made in His image, I'm not talking that we're made 
to look like him in the flesh, but we're made to look like him by the spirit, uh, his spirit, his intelligence, and his morality, likeness, is in us, and it needs to be revealed through us, and that's his glory in us. So the more you can be moral, and the more you can show some intelligence about decision-making, and, and helping redesign environments, and, 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 and your church, and your town, your neighborhood, the more you can show intelligence about bringing life forth, and nurturing it, and cultivating it, uh, mums, you know, poor, there's, there's young mothers having children now with no, no wisdom over how to bring children into the world. We've got children having children. And, and we need the older mums. We need the mums who've got experience, been there and done that. Isn't that right, Angela? To teach those poor young. So there's intelligence in that, how to be a good mum. There's intelligence. Now we've got a fatherless generation. We've got young fathers. Don't know how to be a father. They've got kids. They're pushing prams around but they have no idea of how to be a father. So we call this the fatherless generation because it hasn't been passed down, this fathering, this wisdom of how to be a good father, how to be responsible, and how to nurture a family, a child, a young boy, a young girl. And so we've got identity crises, and we've got all sorts of stuff happening because we have, for generations and generations, stopped adhering to Christ, the, the, the wisdom of God, basically. We call it the mind of Christ in the New Testament. And this is what happens. We get saved, and we become these extraordinary people that we can do fantastic stuff for God. And so that's basically what I'm going to talk about, but I will do a bit of show and tell. From ordinary to extraordinary, the life you're meant to live. So I just want to give you some context before I break loose. I want to state some, some things to help you and why I really believe you need to understand this stuff. So if I was to provoke you with a statement like this, most Christians struggle with spiritual formation. What would that mean to you, straight up? Most Christians struggle with, Christian, uh, with, with spiritual formation. Well, right there, I need to explain that Although we accepted Christ, maybe, and, and we gave our life to the Lord, and, and He is in us now by the virtue of His Holy Spirit as a guarantee for our inheritance in Christ, in heaven, in salvation, um, it, it's still like that we're, we're, we're um, still like so immature in understanding what that means and the connotations of what that means, amen? What it truly means to become a child of God because you don't, you don't stop there. You're supposed to continue your journey, your pilgrimage uh, to the Lord with spiritual formation. Um, you're supposed to be aware that there's a great responsibility through what Christ did on the cross of Calvary and all that he did on that cross, there is a great responsibility in accepting salvation. Thank you, God. I'm going to heaven. I know that confidently, and most of you do. Amen? Do we not? We know without a shadow of a doubt we are going to heaven. But can I tell you this? There is a great big space called your life between accepting Christ 
and your destination called heaven. And that is spiritual formation. Spiritual formation is you becoming more like Christ. It's giving over some bad personality traits. It's, it's trading off the dross when the heat is on, when the Holy Spirit's here, and, and, and when you heat a metal up, when you heat gold up, the, the dross, the bad stuff comes to the surface, and, and the artisan, the metal artisan, he takes the dross off, and it leaves behind good gold. My original wedding ring, which my wife forgot about in a little... Um, a little safe in Europe somewhere, but it was only a, a very, because we got married, we didn't have much, and it was a cheap, but it was all banged up, it was scarred, it was dull, it was basically only a nine carat, Is it, would that be right, nine carat, and, and, and so, Julie, uh, $80 in, in 85, $80, and um, so, so the quality of that gold is not, nowhere near is the quality of this gold, this rose gold that Julie wanted to give me as a gesture of that she truly loves me forever. Amen? This gold has been purified. It's got more gold in it. It's more resilient to stuff happening to it. It won't bend and buckle and Basically, that's what God wants to do through you, living your life on planet Earth. He wants to take you through some trials, even some stuff that is not quite pleasant, but it's purifying the gold of faith in Him. And, and it's being able to reframe that stuff and take that stuff and allow God to turn it around for His good, because if you love Him, He can. Amen? If you untie the hands of God, He can... He can sort that stuff out and somehow he will get the glory. So life is about a lifelong journey of discipleship in following Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4.15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will, say we will, grow to become in every respect the mature body of him. I think the church in Australia is beginning to grow up. Thank you, Evan. Bill was right there. He was ready to do a, a six-meter dash like we've never seen before. And, uh, but God is wanting us to mature as the body of Christ. Amen? He wants us to mature as men and women of God, as sons of God. He wants us to mature. So to help us understand, to be formed spiritually means to engage in specific practices. I'll give you some, give you some practical at the start, and then I'll cut loose, all right? To help us understand to be formed spiritually means to engage in specific practices and disciplines with one clear goal, and it's this, to draw nearer to God through Christ and focus less on myself. Excuse me, I've got to take a selfie. Wanna, i just got to do that. Hey, i just got to do that. Just, yeah. Less selfies. Less Facebook and more Facebook. Twitter that. Richard, <laughs> Richard of Chichester, I'm sure you know him, 13th century English bishop, 
course you do. Once reflected on such practices, he said, day by day, he said, three things I pray to see thee more clearly, to live thee more dearly, and to follow thee more nearly. Well done. Well done, people. Is that a song? Help me, Jules. How does it go? Day day by day, oh, dear Lord, three things I pray. Hang on, is it? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, yeah. And clearly. Yeah, come on. Day by day by day by day, day by day by day by day, and then, oh, sorry. <laughs> Spiritual formation is a process that sharpens, what are you laughing at, Jim? That sharpens our attentiveness to God and helps us to be more and more like Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. Boom. I could just stop right there. In the power of the Holy Spirit. We are a Holy Spirit movement. All right. Here it is. Four movements. If anyone's trying to understand, so what sort of church you go to? We go to a Pentecostal church. Well, what's that? Well, let me explain it to you like this. The first movement, uh, let's explain it like this. The first type of stream flowing from, from the, 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 the Christian faith, Greek Orthodox, amen? Any Greek Orthodox here? Awesome people, liturgy, and they, yes, at the back, on their AV team, come on. And, uh, and then the second is the Catholics, more liturgy again. And uh, uh, the third one is the evangelicals. So think Billy Graham. Think the Word, the Word, the Word. The Baptist Church, the Word, the Word, the Word. The Anglican Church, the Word, the Word. Who's the fourth one? That's us. The Pentecostal, Spirit-filled, empowered church. Empowered to read our Bibles. Empowered to pray. Empowered to give. Empowered to be the church. Because without the anointing, you're going to struggle to be the church. You're going to struggle. If you're going to come in here all carnal, you're going to look at someone, look at that ugly haircut. Oh, who do they think they are? Oh, give me a break. You think that's a man of God? Oh, man, Joel, I was eating for a break. Yeah. You're going to just, you're going to knock. But when, you, when you're empowered by the Spirit because of what Christ did on the cross, you've got a love for God, you've got a love for others, and you've got a love for yourself. Yeah. Actually, I'm not looking too bad at the moment. No, I was right. beaten down on myself for a couple of years there because I was dry. I was, I was not anointed. I was beaten down on myself. But now, I'm not saying that's for real. I'm just saying figuratively, guys. Uh, I, I'm just saying when you're anointed, you can love God. You can love others. You can love people that you thought you never could love. You could be walking up to them, I don't love this person. In my rational mind, this is a person I do not like. I will approach with caution, and I will, I will be friendly. I will do that. 
but I know for a fact any grimace from them, any, any negative connotations, I'm shutting them down. I know what's going to, you know. But you know what I found, which is quite awkward at times, that no matter what awkwardness they present, no matter what they say, no matter what grimace, no matter what negative vibe they give you, you keep approaching. No, back out, back out. Now, back out. Abort, abort, abort. But I find I just have to stand there and just love these people. Love, acceptance, forgiveness is in our heart. It's Christ in you. It's in you. You can't help it. When you got saved, when you became a new creature in Christ, when you became a new creature in Christ, you receive the Holy Spirit. All right, let, let's, let's, let's. This is what happened to you when you received the Holy Spirit. You said yes to Jesus somewhere, somehow. I don't know what, how it happened in the privacy of your house, on an altar, on the beach. But when you did, you stood before the presence of God and said, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he died for my sin and I am a sinner. And if you can take that up another notch, you won't hurt the ears of the people, they can take it. They've been to a lot of rock concerts these days. You received. You received the Holy Spirit in your heart. And He's in you now. They call it the circumcision of the heart. The tough exterior of your heart that was tough against people, against the world, and maybe because of what the world did for you and how you learned to cope and stuff happened. But now you're saying, God, I will let you in. I will let you into the deepest recesses of my life. And I will let you come by the powerful, wonderful kindness of your spirit. I receive you, Lord, into my life. You breathe out and you breathe in. For the first time, the oxygen of heaven, just like Adam and Eve did maybe, they breathed in the presence of God. Because you hadn't breathed that oxygen in for so long, because you were fallen. You'd been kicked out of the garden of His presence. And the only way back into His presence is by Jesus. It is only by Him and His great work on the cross 2,000 years ago. Amen? So now you stand in a new day. You stand as a new creature in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. God is in you. God saying, thank you for receiving my son into your life. Thank you for receiving my Holy Spirit. We are one. We are three, but we are one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you have accepted me. My Spirit 
is in you. And we know it, we feel it. It testifies to who God is. We can't help it. We don't wanna lift our hands. We don't wanna sing praises in our natural self, but all of a sudden we do. The testimonies of people, I don't know what come over me. I was in the church service, my hands went up, my mouth moved. I began to give utterance of the living Lord. I began to praise Him and worship Him. And as you did, the Holy Spirit began to get excited on the inside of you. Yes, thank you, that's it. And you became a new creature in Christ. Well, there goes the notes on the phrase. Let's go to Colossians. Yes, Andrew, give Andrew a hand. He's filling in too. Serving the Lord is the most brilliant thing you can do, by the way. When we were in the garden, we, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they knew what they were supposed to do. They had purpose. They knew that they had a purpose to relate to God, to nurture the garden, to, to be sensible on every level and, and, and spread that environment, that kingdom, spread that garden out across the face of the earth. You know the story, I know the story. They abdicated their responsibilities and they did what they shouldn't have done. They ate from the tree of good and evil. God said, just don't do that one thing. Look, the garden is full of great stuff. Tree of life is, is there at the center, but there's a tree of good and evil. Would you just do one thing for me? Do not partake of that tree. They did, they ate, they were tempted by Satan. Did God really say? Did God really say? Because if you do eat the, the apple, if you eat that choice fruit, you will be like God. And because it was tempting, because it looked good, the Bible says, because it looked appetizing, we ate. Be careful of what looks appetizing and good, but it leads to destruction. It leads to emptiness. It leads to being disconnected from God. There's things that you know that you should not touch or look at. Stuff coming by, our, our digital devices. The Bible says a young man will flee temptation. Flee. You've got to flee. Don't even ponder on it. Run from it. Just run from it. In the presence of God, we find our belonging, but we find our purpose in God. We find our purpose to be the people of God, the people of His presence. When we received this Holy Spirit, it looked like this. Uh, Colossians 1.27, just quickly as I try and finish this up. All right, all right. It says, 127, it says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'll just say that again. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. What was this mystery? The mystery was that the Holy Spirit was now in us. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon kings, queens, uh, kings, prophets, kings, 
prophets and priests and momentarily came upon them and came off them. But in the Old Testament, it was stated through Jeremiah and Ezekiel that God was going to bring around, bring about a new day of God circumcising the heart, taking the stony heart out that constantly betrayed God, ignored God, and rebelled against God, and that he would, God, by reconstituting us, he would put a heart of flesh in us. And that heart of flesh, sorry for the uh, imagery here, but he would circumcise that heart of flesh, and it would become tender and soft to God and his instruction for life. And his voice to you, to you, to your soul, to you. So now we've got this softness, this ability whereby God can be writing, writing his statutes, his laws, as it says in Ezekiel 36. He can be writing the statutes, statutes and, 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 and the, the, the laws, which is the word of God unto your heart and now you're just feeling like oh my goodness I don't know what it is but I just got to do what God says because it's deep in my heart it's just not in my mind it's in my heart when you receive the Holy Spirit the Bible says you received it under your heart your heart is the wellspring of life you need to need to be careful what you do with your heart you need to you need to absolutely be very circumspect about, what's circumspect? It means look circular, looking around at your heart, making sure it's all good. How are we going, boys? How are we going? It's all good? Yeah, yeah. There's nothing attacking us. There's nothing hanging off us. There's nothing betraying us. There's nothing tempting us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Circumspect. We're we're. When, when Jim looks at trees, he gets paid to do big reports. We got uh, 17 pages from Jim. He's a, an arborist of our two trees only. 17 pages, my God, what are, what are these trees? They're, 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 there's so much detail about these trees. If a tree has that many details, how much detail is about your heart? How much detail is about your heart? Just checking the heart. Just check, just making sure. People walk around their cars more concerned about their tires, kicking the tires, checking the oil. Although I didn't even know how to check the oil on a mudden car now, where I used to take a gearbox out, repair it, take the motor out, repair it, recondition. Now I don't even know what I don't even know where the spark plug is. I haven't changed a spark plug for for three decades. Time moves on, but it still needs to, it's still in modern life. Someone needs to maintenance that car properly. I just can't. I just can't. Oh, someone will look after. Pastor Phil, he'll serve up a good message. That, that, that'll look after the, the mechanics. That'll look after the, the, the stuff that, you know, that matters. And No, you've got to be mature. You've got to do devotions. You've got to get into your Bible, your B-I-B-L-E. And you've got to be, like the Bible says, it's a mirror and you can check yourself out and check out how things are because the Bible will show you not only yourself, but it will show Jesus. You're trying to do a, a selfie with the Bible, but hang on, who's that image of Christ? Lord, step aside. 
Step aside. This is my this is my show. You gave me this life to live. I'm going to do with it what I want to show all my friends how brilliant I am. Look at this smile. Look at these teeth. <laughs> Jesus is going, move over, Rover. Jesus has taken over. I'm nearly done. The mystery is this. I, I, I didn't quite get there, did I? The mystery is this, that the Holy Spirit wouldn't just be upon you. In, in, in the Old Testament guys are going, what, 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 what are you talking about? Circumcised heart and the Holy Spirit. Come. What? This is the mystery they didn't understand the Old Testament. When Christ died and he said, wait for it, wait for it, wait. Look at me, look at me, wait. <laughs> Acts 1.4 wait, don't leave Jerusalem, don't start a connect group, don't go out preaching on the streets yet, don't go doing anything, wait, I've got to be ascended, and I've got to give you the Holy Spirit. As it says in Joel, in the last days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh and all people, and they shall prophesy. They will be my sons and daughters, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon them, and they shall prophesy through newsreels, through singing. Please, folks, get here on time. Let us start. Cam flies planes. He's not sitting at the tarmac 9.30. He's going, are they on yet? No, oh, no, they usually turn up 10 minutes late. Okay. Guess we, guess we can wait for them. Do you know them? Oh, no, I don't know them, but they usually come late. Okay. So, yes. Do you think the tower people would be happy with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're cool. They'll, they'll sit. Yeah, yeah. No, man. If you don't get there, you don't get on the plane. Like Julian Phil trying to go to a conference in Melbourne. He's stuck in the traffic in Sydney Friday afternoon because we got complacent and living on, in a country town called Wine. We forgot there was traffic. Friday afternoon in, in Sydney. And we're what's all this traffic? Something on? <laughs> Duh. We were one minute late. Sorry, sir. The gate is closed. Got to get on time. Got to lock and load together. Eyeball each other. Because we're all at the starting line, ready. This visitor at the back, he's here 15 minutes early. Sir, thank you so much for changing the habit, the bad habits of this church. Yeah. <laughs> he's here. He's going, where is everyone? I don't know. Saying to his daughter or, or son. Daughter, daughter. Son. Yeah, I thought, thought church was on this morning. It's supposed to start at 9.30, but it's 9.27. There's no one here. Here they come. Watch them. <laughs> 10 to 10. Glad you could join us. 10 to 10. Take a seat. We'll fill you in. Sorry, bit of house cleaning. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you to be on time. No, sorry. Uh, for those, Lord Decia, for all who have not met me personally, 
My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ in you. I'm reading from Colossians chapter 2, verse 3 now. That was verse 2. In whom are hidden all the treasures of the wisdom and knowledge. That is your eyes being opened to the kingdom. Christians are only saved enough to get them to heaven. They're not saved enough to realize that there is a kingdom all around us. All this great energy of God trying to reconcile a lost world in your neighbor's, in your neighbor's house, in, 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 in the marketplace, in churches, in the, in the sports fields. God's swirling around His kingdom because the first thing Jesus said was this when He went public. As the Son of God, He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What is the kingdom? That's the all-compassing God of the universe who says He wants to rule and reign over humanity and all the affairs of humanity. I don't know if you're into that stuff. God, we don't need you. We really believe that Wyong and and Gosford Council have got it covered, Lord. Look, you've got worse matters to look after. We really believe in our government. Our federal government is outstanding, making great choices. They have an awesome mandate from heaven itself, and they are bringing to pass the healing of this nation, the prosperity of the... Are you kidding? They need to be saved. We need rulership over our land. And unless the eyes of your heart of understanding, of knowing who Christ is, because unless you know Christ through good theology, theology is knowing who God is and His relationship to the universe and to humanity. Unless you have theology that can give you the heads up of truly who God is, your God will be diminished to a totem hole, totem, totem pole, God. But when you realize who God is, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end of all creation, you will go, oh my goodness, He wants me, oh my goodness, He wants me to church on time, He wants me here, He wants my finances to help, He wants my love, I haven't got love to give, but when you have love in you from Him, you realize you got lots of love. We just have to have a shift in our minds to realize that you've been delivered from darkness, that you got the light of God. In the old days, a lighthouse like at Nora Head would be fueled by oil. I'm, I'm done now. because. Uh, all right, so here, here it is, here it is. In the old days, that lighthouse who would preserve the life of, of, of the maritime people on the waters, that light was serviced and fueled by oil. The Bible says, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is likened to oil. Last week, I was so blessed. Last week, I was so blessed to see people filled of the Spirit. 
and it was a beautiful thing. We came to the D group Sunday night and everyone was still filled with the Spirit. Meaning, what's that mean? In case you're new to this, being filled with the Holy Spirit is you being displaced and you getting a little bit, a little bit giddy and a little bit excited and even intoxicated that God is in you and the hope of glory in you that suggests that you're bound for heaven, but the hope of glory that's in you that suggests that we are the people of God and the hope of glory within you that suggests that He's got it all covered. He's sovereign. He's going he's, he's gonna to work it all out. When you have the hope of glory inside you, a lighthouse was one, has one primary mission, to broadcast light. To broadcast light so a mariner can see the shore. The Bible says in Ephesians 5.18, says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled in a present tense. Continuous verb. It means to be filled daily and continually. And interestingly enough, many times in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is referred to as, you guessed it, oil. When I said you got saved and that soundtrack came on, that's dramatic. Salvation is quite dramatic. But then the Bible says you can receive more than that. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See, when it says receive, if I receive something, I'm by the volition of my heart and mind, by choice, the free will, God's, I would receive it, wouldn't I? When it says, and you will receive. Now, some people may not want to receive the more of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of God. But when you ask to be filled, that's when the fun and games begin. And that's when you realize, oh my God, God has a special work for me. Little story, Max Licato, lighthouse keeper who worked on a rocky stretch of coastline, received oil once a month to keep his light burning bright. Not being far from the village, he had frequent guests. One night, a woman needed oil to keep her family warm. Another night, a father needed oil for his lamp. Then another needed oil to lubricate a wheel. All the requests seemed legitimate. So the lighthouse keeper tried to meet them all. Toward the end of the month, however, he ran out of oil and his lighthouse went dark, causing several ships to crash on the coastline. The man was removed by his superiors. You were given the oil for one reason, they said, to keep the light burning. One primary reason God wants us to burn is to reveal the light of God. Okay, one scripture before. Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Whether you know it, you are a light. When people come around your life, they need the light to reveal Christ, to reveal what's happening around their life. And 
God is shining a light. He is the light. Christ is the light. And we know people turn their back on the light. And if they find more friends to do that, then there becomes a shadow in front of them and they stumble with their friends and even whole families. Even organizations and businesses stumble in the dark. But when we repent and turn to the light, ha, it's then we can see where we're going. Light unto our path, a lamp to our feet. We're walking out our greatest days like that. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill. I say this to C3 Tugger and everyone in it. Let's all stand. God bless you. You are the light of the world, a town built on a hill. Cannot be hidden. You cannot be hidden. C3 Tugger, you cannot be hidden. Friend, you cannot be hidden. It's time to come up and shine. Jesus, shine. When you face Him and you receive that light, then you can radiate that light as you worship Him, as you grow up into Him. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. We don't light a lamp and sit around a TV set and sit around four walls and sit around our hobbies forever and hobbies are good but I'm saying our light is meant to shine neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl instead they put it on its stand that's your calling, your stand that's the mandate on your life your stand that's the gifts in your life, a stand God, God promotes God makes way for you He promotes you through your giftedness the gift makes way for you and presents you to even, even the most important. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives life to everyone in the house. Now just close your eyes and look to heaven. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our life, our chief aim in life is to glorify God and lead, leave, lead a life that is glorifying God. Father, I come before you right now as a moment of impartation, as a moment of understanding that when you were born again, you received the hope of glory. It is no longer you that liveth, but Christ who lives in you and the life that you live by faith in the Son of God is to give glory to God. So Father, right now I stand at the precipice of my salvation. I stand before you, God, in the now time, in the present time. I stand before you, Lord God, and I ask of you, God, let your light shine through me. Let your light shine on me. Let your light shine through this church. Let your light
we remove it, we bind it, we cast it down in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We loose you to release the glory that's in you. The glory of Christ that you accepted. And if you have not accepted Christ into your heart, into your life, and you're not quite sure if you are born again, you're not quite sure if your sins are forgiven, you're not quite sure if you're dynamically, powerfully, intimately, wonderfully connected to God, and that you do want to hear His voice, you do want His presence, and in His presence is His purpose for you. If you want to come back into His presence, that's where you came from, from heaven. If you want to come back into His presence by the volition of your choice, by the free will, the greatest gift God's given you is your free will. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus, Lord, was raised from the dead, sits at the right hand of the Father, you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Your spirit will be joined under God's spirit you'll have a deposit of the Holy Spirit given under your heart and it will testify who God is forevermore. Father in heaven, I just pray for anyone in the house that needs to say as a rededication, a first time dedication, as a make sure in my heart dedication, I pray for you now from the front to the back, from this side to this side, the last thing I do is an appeal from heaven. Get right, be right. Confess with your heart and allow your heart to be ablaze with the love of God. If that's you, if you want to allow God in your heart afresh to be filled with the Spirit to find purpose in your life. Lift your hand and put it down on the count of three. One, two, and with faith in your heart. Three, just put your hand up and put it down. I'll leave that open. Put it up as a sign to heaven, as an acknowledgement to heaven that you are good with God that you want to be good with God. Yeah, let's, let's say this prayer together. Father God, I thank you for the light and the glory of your son, Jesus. I thank you that he came to this world to die for me. The great sacrifice so that I can live forevermore Jesus I receive you as my Lord and Savior turn my back on darkness and I look to the light and the glory of the Son of God let light penetrate my heart and every darkened area of my heart, I open every door of every room in my heart. 
and I receive light, healing, restoring, giving life and well-being to my heart, to my soul. Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. Just, just that track again. Just, I just, I, I just want people to get that. Just, just, just give me the first minute. Just nice and loud because someone is going to receive the Holy Spirit is coming to fill the church again, to occupy the church, to fill your heart. Now say this, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your Spirit. There it is. Stronghold's coming down. The drawbridge is coming down. Christ is riding in. The Holy Spirit is filling every room, every area. Now say, Lord, fill me. Baptize me in the power of your spirit. There it is, there it is, there it is. <sighs> Jesus. <laughs> the hope and glory, the mystery of the Holy Spirit in you, on you, around you, I commit you to walk out your days in the kingdom, to walk out your days under the gaze of heaven, under the appeal of heaven. Glorify my son, Jesus, through every decision, through every attitude, through every behavior, through your life. Glorify my son. The Father would say, glorify Him in worship, praise. From this day on, walk in the Spirit. Walk by faith. Walk your days out and live in the glory of God. I bless you. I anoint you. You and your family, your marriage, your health, your business. I bless you. I bless you in your coming and going. I bless you under the countenance of the good Lord who is patient, long-suffering, faithful unto you. I bless you. I bless you in the power of in resurrection power of Christ Jesus. And I anoint you to stand in a fallen society and be a light 
a light to a dark world. Shine, shine, shine. Jesus, thank you. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Woo! Amen. Who got something out of that? Can I just say, God's upping the ante. God's awakening the church. We're going through a season of God awakening the church again. He's revitalizing. He's revitalizing your understanding of what who you are, but what the church is. And this is what God's doing. So praise God for that. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. Can we just do a little something just before we go? I know our time is gone, but I just feel like we need to sing and just just something, just get straight into it, just straight into the deep end. Can we just, just do something for a few moments with song? And as we do, if you need prayer, come to the front right now. If you need to be filled with the Spirit, bless. enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.